This episode of the Supply Chain Brain Podcast is supported by Amber Road, a leading provider of on-demand global trade management software and services. Be sure and stick around after the discussion for a look at the company and what it's offering to international traders. But now, on to the podcast. The global trade management landscape is in constant flux. What kind of challenges are importers and exporters facing today? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Executive Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Global trade is by its very nature complex, but the elements that go into moving goods around the world efficiently seem especially challenging today. Barely a week goes by that we don't experience some kind of upheaval in trade relationships, regulation, politics, and economics. To make sense of it all, at least for the moment, we welcome back to the show Gary Baracco, Director of Product Marketing and Business Development with Amber Road. We'll discuss a range of issues affecting global traders today, including new regulations, compliance, business ethics, quality control, cybersecurity, supplier risk, and real-time visibility of product throughout the supply chain. And we'll talk about how technology is evolving to grapple with these multiple issues. One thing's for certain, global trade isn't getting less complicated. So here is my conversation with Gary Baracco. Gary Baracco, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me today. Let's talk about some big high-level issues in, in the global trade landscape. I'm wondering what you think are the big changes that you see out there, the big issues that everybody needs to be thinking about these days. Well, everybody is thinking about global trade these days. It's amazing because a few years ago, if you and I were to talk about global trade management to folks at a party that didn't work in the industry, they probably wouldn't have a deep sense of what we were talking about. But today, things like tariffs and duties and import and export are commonplace in our news and therefore common to a lot of folks. But global trade management has always been a critical function for an organization that is doing international orders and importing goods and complying with trade regulations was the core set of what global trade management used to be that import and export, the country of export, the country of import. But I think we've seen that change along with our trends in global trade. We're seeing that change. And things are changing so fast. It's not like you can lock down a certain level of understanding about trade with any particular country and not hope that a week from now it's going to be different, right? So it's staying on top right. of it seems like a really difficult job these days. Well, that's true. And, and when we look at also from the technology demand point of view, so first of all, we have all those regulatory demands and changes that come in. We also then have companies looking to expand into international markets as a mean to grow their top line revenues and at the same time reduce sourcing costs. 
So global trade has really boomed. And unfortunately, when you bring in more suppliers and more customers sped across more geographies, the compliance requirements in every phase of the life cycle are increasing. So we see that trade compliance teams have a lot of different pressures, right? So we've got outsourcing globally so that they can remain competitive. And that's challenging to manage both the standards, the ethics, the product definition, the quality control of all of these globally dispersed suppliers. They're looking at expanding their global distribution as uh, companies want to sell into new markets. And this really is a good way to stimulate growth in a company and, and solidify the brand. But what that means for supply chain managers is that they need to ensure all of their transactions are complying with the import and export regulations from the source country to the new destination country, and then maybe places in between. We're also bringing in two other points, and that's global security initiatives, understanding how they're collecting data and how that impacts the business processes. And then we've got the increased enforcement and the penalties. So we can look at ZTE and Huawei most recently. Depending on the infraction, companies are not just facing heavy fines, but they're losing market share. It's weighing heavily on our supply chain managers for sure. What are some of the major compliance regimes out there, either in the U.S. or overseas, that companies are really having to think hard about or that are really threatening to affect their operations in a big yeah. way? Simply put, modern supply chains and trade regulations are so complex that high-volume, high-risk shippers now need to leverage technology to manage global trade. You can't do it in the old ways. Manually, email, Excel spreadsheet, none of that's going to work because of the complexity. In the past, global trade management just focused on the efficient management of international trade, doing cross-border trade, and meeting all of the government regulations for crossing borders. But it's really broadened now to include one end of the supply chain to the other, and the full functionality that's required in all of the different areas of the product life cycle has become critical. Everything's kind of blown to be so much more important and critical. Yeah, it seemed like the early GTM or global trade management solutions were essentially just very deep databases of information about regulations around the world. Uh, here are your denied party lists, and here is this particular country's requirements for importing and the like. That, of course, I'm sure remains a key part of GTM, but there's got to be more now, especially this focus on suppliers from a risk management standpoint, too, that you refer to in security and the like. So is, right. there some, is there a real concern out there right now about how you pick your suppliers and, and, and how you work them into a GTM regime as well? I think that supplier relationships are growing stronger. The pool of suppliers, maybe they've consolidated or you've kind of honed them down to the right suppliers that you can work with for each product set. And developing stronger relations with those core suppliers has become most important. But let's go beyond the suppliers, right? And let's look at what happens all across the supply chain during product development, during production, during the shipment, and then crossing the borders. So let me give you a few examples of where we see global trade becoming integral to each of those. 
So during product development, we're, we're doing collaborative sourcing and sourcing and procurement are a point of differentiation for customers today so that they can excel in the marketplace. They're looking at different objectives and companies have to have complete access to costing and sampling information to make sure that the product is the right product at the right cost with the right quality that the demanding consumers are looking for and making sure everything is then in scope with what I'm going to go to market with in order to be competitive. You need to have consistent and timely access to the supplier and product information to bring the goods to market. The next area is visibility. And we have a product called Supply Chain Visibility at Amber Road. And when we branded that area or module of our functionality, it was only dealing with in-transit visibility, the goods that were on the ocean in the air or on trucks. But today, supply chain visibility means so much more. You need to optimize your networks. You need to mitigate risk. You need to reduce inventories. All of this requires visibility. And you need real-time visibility into the status of, of orders and not just shipments, right? So where is my order when it's in the factory? Um, where are the parts that are going to comprise the products that will be part of that order? So supply chain visibility is complicated by all of our global trade complexities, we have different infrastructures, we have different data definitions and message formats in the trading systems. So receiving and interpreting status updates from carriers and brokers and government agencies and suppliers need to come into one single place and give me end-to-end visibility, something that, that's really been overused but talked about a lot. Well, it sure has been talked about a lot for years and years. I'm just wondering, you know, just when companies think they've got their arms around one particular aspect of visibility, along comes another complication to make it even more of a challenge. Do you feel that that what, what you just described to me sounds at least partly aspirational? I wonder the extent to which companies truly have this end-to-end visibility and all the elements you just described. No matter how good the GTM platforms are, do you think that there, there's still some work to be done in that area? Is there not? I think we're seriously getting there, and technology companies are building the mega networks, and we're seeing the advent of that. Data management becomes more important. And the data, not just the functionality for modules, data from all of these different parties and different sources is what we are managing most. And so if we change our mindset to say, oh, transaction, transaction, it's not about that. It's about getting all of this data, letting that data move to where it should live in the functional areas of the supply chain, and then be used for actionable activities. What can I do? How can I execute this? So we've got data coming from suppliers, and we have trade content like regulations, and we know documentation's necessary, and we need to have input coming from all of those carriers and these carriers sending us different types of messages. Some are still EDI, XML, or IoT. So data is coming from everywhere. And if we're managing that data and giving you the functional apps to do that, that's the direction that we're going with uh, our global trade platforms in the future. Clearly, we are in the era of big data, as you just described it. We are in danger of being overwhelmed by data and not be even sure about what's relevant and what's not. So is there a level of technology that can take care of that now? Do we have deep analytics in the platforms now that can handle that? Or is that still a challenge just trying to figure out what to do with the massive data coming in? 
for sure we have the capabilities. Our technology is getting better. Remember when we talked about moving to the cloud and everyone was so scared. We quickly overcame that. Technology is advancing faster. We also remember when we used to have to pack the camera and the film. And now our phone is a camera, a GPS, a diary, a communication system by email. It's everything else. The technology capabilities, while they add more burdens to our supply chains, are becoming greater efficiencies for us. I think we're moving in the right direction and we're embracing all of the technology. When we first heard of IoT, we really didn't get it, I would say, maybe eight years ago. And now we see where it has value. I think the same thing's going to happen with those other terms like blockchain. Still to come maybe in that area. But you bring up IoT and the Internet of Things, and you also mentioned security. I mean, those two things are interlocked. Security concerns arising from the Internet of Things are enormous these days, and indeed we see breach after breach after breach of major companies. It just doesn't seem to be stopping. So what is the challenge there in GTM? Are these platforms locked down and totally secure and or, or not? And if so, is it a technology problem or is it more of a business process problem within the companies in terms of their own lack of security measures? I think there's a shared responsibility. As the technology provider, we are providing the best means capable for security, but also then business practices need to be maintained. And we need to watch who we're partnering with, who's hosting that data, where is it being carried where is it really being hosted, right? Uh, and and then how is it exposed? It's interesting. I just learned about U.S. Customs and Border Protection's revisions to the CTPAT program. They've now added minimum security requirements to their CDPAT program. In order to maintain your CDPAT status, you need to add additional layers of cybersecurity, physical security. And so there's new expectations about security. So your comment about the fears of security are seen and being evidenced around the global trade world. By the way, CTPAT, Customs Trade Partnership Against Terrorism, just to make sure that people know what that is. Of course, that's an interesting program because that is a quote-unquote voluntary program, but I think we've all been waiting for the other shoe to drop and for some of this stuff just to become compulsory altogether. Are we moving in that direction, do you think, or is this still Uh, going to be a voluntary thing? No, the indications are so recently CBP has let CDPAT, Trusted Trader, status organizations have better access and privilege to their centers of excellence, for example. We're starting to see that it's mandatory for companies to move in this direction in order to do business with CBP, but we're also seeing the alignment with other national security programs like the AEO programs. This recent change to the U.S. CDPAT program mirrors what AEO already has. We're seeing almost a a global standard then uh, just with different names under the, the programs. Well, that's a good move. Also, in the area of just strictly of documentation, a good news in the development in, in the last few years of the single window for submission to more than you know, 47 or so different agencies, one filing, and of course, other countries other than the U.S. are doing it too. So that's a good step forward, right? Yep, and it's just part of that whole digitization story that we've been talking about for a few years now. All of the elements of our supply chain have to be digitized 
on a common platform so that the language can be shared. I often think, well, heck, we were digital with Excel spreadsheets, but yeah. it's a different type of digitization, right? It's saying, well, but, but I still needed Excel in order to read that. I now need to parse that digital language so that it can be translated across all different platforms. And that, I think that's the obstacle with our single window, the ACE single window and other countries' single windows is how do we get all of these message formats into one? They're coming along well. So what does the future hold? Up to this point, I think our entire discussion has been based on technology and capabilities that exist in the marketplace today. What more is coming, whether it's artificial intelligence or some kind of other aspect that can further improve the ability of GTM platforms to go digital, to do all this stuff, to provide all this visibility in a secure, real-time mode? I mean, what else might we be seeing in years to come? Right. We've been doing some work with both AI and machine learning and advancing those capabilities so that it provides stronger predictability and analytics for companies to forecast and to be better at what they're doing. That certainly will be sooner than later in global trade management platforms. And then we're still seeing the need to integrate multiple types of systems. The ERP is certainly not part of a global trade management platform. So we need to be able to interface with an ERP. If we have demand planning systems, inventory optimization systems, we'll need to integrate to them, transportation management and warehouse management. So integration is going to become critically important as each of these types of systems are very unique. It doesn't make sense to blend them all into a GTM, but we all need to live together and talk in harmony so that we can execute with greater efficiency. Gary, tell me a little bit about the transformation of Amber Road over the years, what it was when it started out versus what it's become today. Amber Road traditionally was a global trade management system by the typical definition, and that is providing services for import, export, and duty management. Over the years, we've acquired multiple companies, and those companies then broadened the scope of the system we're all harmonized into one platform now. And so for us, global trade management by definition starts with global sourcing, production, but then we also have the important areas of logistics and transportation management, duty management, free trade zones, and special work for doing China trade are other areas where we have expertise. What evolution have you seen in the technology? I mean, obviously, we've been talking about some of that in this conversation about the cloud, about big data and analytics. What are the big technology trends that have led to the transformation of Amber Road to what it is today? Companies embracing cloud-based platforms has been the biggest change that we've seen. We had install-based customers. We've migrated most of them to the cloud, opening up the systems to include a range of partners that are not just suppliers, but also the three PLs, the transportation, the consolidators, customs brokers, anyone working within the supply chain need to have access to the same system. So we're providing a one-stop shop though with the best-in-class software. 
We also have a full team of trade content specialists that provide regulatory content on all various aspects. Professional service to do that. The network through the logistics providers that I talked about earlier. And then that cloud platform. So this is a nice one-stop shop and it's really all of the building blocks and why Amber Road continues to win big customers. All the building blocks right now, but I'm sure that you're looking to further evolve uh, in, in future. What is the Amber Road of tomorrow? Again, back to that five to 10 year kind of crystal ball question. What do you think the company's going to look like in a few years from now? We might look to other areas of functionality that are still missing from the platform so that we can ensure that we're filling all of the gaps. We're going to continue to support our customers. We've had some recent releases for free trade agreements, for instance. We added 89 free trade agreements to our platform just within the past few months so that we're not getting as much underutilization to streamline the trade agreement processes and documentation processes for our customers. We'll continue to add more functionality and and maintain trade content as we move ahead. Well, Gary, thank you so much for helping us to understand just this very complex world of global trade management today, how it is changing, how the technology is changing along with it, as well as telling us a little bit more about Amber Road itself. So thanks very much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Bob, and we'll talk again soon. That was my conversation with Gary Baracco of Amber Road, talking about the ever-changing world of global trade management. Our thanks to Amber Road for sponsoring this episode. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.